0: is going on growth solvers. Welcome back to the Good Grow Great podcast. I'm Talia Toha. I'm your host. And for those of you guys who are new here, we talk all things business, entrepreneurship, personal development, getting ahead in your career, but most of all, how to live a meaningful life that you deserve under your own terms and in your own way, doing whatever you want, however way you want to do it and whenever you want to do it. So today I wanted to talk about some of the things that not a lot of people talk about. Yes, the key to getting ahead is hard work and all of these things that are obvious. I want to talk about the things that are a little less obvious. And that includes how we treat others and how we treat ourselves actually. And what we do on a on a day-to-day basis with the people that we interact with, with the people around you, with the people you work with, your future clients, right, your boss, whoever it is that's around you. What are we to do aside from just being professional and polite? You know, we want to look into how do we go beyond that and still maintain a sense of sanity because yes you're busy yes this year has been a crazy year so how do we do that in a way that really gets you above and beyond so with today I wanted to talk about some of the things that can get you that kind of success. Today, I have a few special guests, and that is Andy Liu. Andy will be talking about the value of being upfront when you go into a new relationship. And we're going to include also... An excerpt from Javier Mercedes' interview. Javier has been on the show before, but I want to include his interview and his take when he first encountered Mark Cuban. Obviously, he is a very successful business person. He owns sports uh, teams. He is a, a regular investor in Shark Tank and also Megan Rafuse. Megan will be talking about the value of treating yourself like you would as you would your own best friend and I think when it comes to a relationship with yourself a lot of times people look at this and business owners entrepreneurs all of us kind of look at it from a kind of a you know secondary perspective, right? It's something that's, oh, you know, we're going to focus on these other things first. And then when it comes to myself, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to wing it. We're going to go home. We're going to watch Netflix and kick back. And really, there's not much thought into it. And Anem Awe, Anem is a relationship expert, and she's going to be talking about the relationship between your physical and mental health, and how to avoid depression and anxiety, particularly now that everyone is working from home, there are massive, massive changes in everyone's lives. And what are some things that you can do to really prevent yourself from going down that spiral, right? So all of these things and beyond, I cannot wait to share this with you. So let's dive in. Without further ado, growth solvers, don't forget to hit follow and subscribe. Let's get to it. All right, our first guest today is Andy Liu. Andy is a best-selling author, a wellness and relationship expert. She's been featured on Good Day New York, CBS Los Angeles, and The Today Show, among many others. Let's welcome Andy Liu.
1: Yeah. Hi, Talia. I'm Andy Lou. I'm from Australia. So I do have a funny accent and uh, bear with me on that. However, I do hope that you find it entertaining. And, you know, that's what I'm all about because we learn only when we're having fun. But my whole life I've taught health and wellness and health and wellness for me, like for the last 28 years, I know I look good for my age. I'm going to be 76 next year. When <laughs> <laughs> I teach work. There you go. no, there look, you. I'm going to be 47 um, any month now. And I like to age naturally and everything that I teach in health and wellness and have taught up until this point is about toxic free living. And kind of like we're in this wellness revolution now where you know, we really want to learn more about our bodies and how they work and understand our immune systems. But this is kind of something I've been teaching my whole life and I'm so glad that we're finally open to learning this information and actually taking control of our health. I think this is why people are saying, you know, stay woke or we we are now awoke because we want to learn, we want to know, we want to be connected to you know our body's signs and signals and also to each other and understanding the relationship of that to mother earth as well and so that comes down to that toxic free living and then relationships just became an extension of wellness because healthy relationships are of course crucial uh starting with the one with yourself
0: yeah so this is an amazing topic just because when we were talking before we started this conversation was that i think particularly now with the world changing and everyone's changing the way that they work everyone's changing the way that they live and relationships change too right whether it's in close proximity or whether it's virtually right and since you're kind of the you're you're really that health and wellness and definitely you know relationship expert can you weigh in on as far as for people who are really struggling to be right with not just themselves but with people who they live with perhaps uh or people that they are friends with like what are some things what are some issues that you've seen specifically right now and how what are some things that people can start doing to kind of be right with in their life
1: Yeah, look, there are so many things and, you know, you kind of said, Talia, you know, not just with the one with yourself, but what do we do when we're living with people and, you know, co-living and uh, modern day communal living is so beautiful. Not only is it happening, but it's actually really healthy. So, you know, we're we're social creatures. We're meant to be together. Uh, In fact, being social stimulates the vagus nerve, which actually helps the immune system to get a boost. So these things are really key. But you know, without discounting what you said, and that was, you know, not so much about the relationship with yourself, but I want to bring it back to that because that is really where it all begins. When you are well, when you're feeling balanced, when you're feeling, I don't want to use the word happy, but when you're feeling at peace um, with life and having that homeostasis within your body physiologically, emotionally and chemically and all of those things, it doesn't really matter what the chaos is around you because you are well within your world. And then, as cliche as it sounds, we are all just reflections of each other. You know, we're all just mirrors, right? So we want to keep bringing it back to that, bringing it back to that. Because if you are living with someone, it doesn't matter whether it's a lover, a partner, a sibling, it doesn't matter who you're living with. When they grate on you, it's usually because it's a part of yourself that you haven't learned to love yet. And so once again, just bringing it back to that reflection. So what is it that I can do to be better, breathe more, be at peace, and even just listen because half the healing is in the listening.
0: Right. And I love that you're highlighting basically how literally what what everyone is dealing with has already existed. And it's just that the proximity and the interactions and relationship with other people, whether that's physical or virtually... It, yes. it seems that that just kind of draws out what's already existing, right? So, and I love that you're, to your yeah. point, you have to kind of center things around being right with yourself and just having this right yeah. uh, mindset to start with. Okay, to begin with. And
1: so yeah, so that's, that's exactly it, Talia. It's definitely amplified is what you're saying. So whatever's going on in the world is usually just an amplification of whatever's already been happening. So that's why I said at the beginning of the interview, you know, We started off with talking about health and wellness. I've been teaching it for 28 years. And, you know, everything that's going on now is like, woof, you know, we're just this saturation of all of these lessons and messages that we've been probably trying to learn but we've just been too, in inverted commas, busy. Um, and now it's kind of like an unfortunate slap in the face that we have to do this now. And I want to bring this back to, like, what health really is because we get signs and symptoms within our bodies and those are actually clues and answers. But what happens if the allopathic model or the medical model says to us, okay, Just don't worry about that. Here's a pill. Let's switch off that pain. Let's switch off the headache. Um, And I call it a disconnect from brain to body. But when that headache's there, we have to address the root cause of why it came there in the first place. And so this is wellness or holism. And so you apply this same principle to everything in life, whether it's looking after mother earth or a relationship that you're having.
0: So you mentioned relationship, I think, particularly in this climate. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts, (laughs) Andy, on this is because for people who are maybe thinking about reaching out, maybe they're, you know, whatever, single, and they're a business professional, or, you know, again, they're going through all of these changes, Changes and they're also wanting to maybe reach out to somebody who's new, somebody who yeah. new to their lives, or maybe d- build a deeper relationship, or you know, kind of connect to somebody who they've haven't connected in two years or whatever? Like what are some, some things that maybe you can share with the audience as far as making them kind of move forward with that aspect of their life?
1: Make sure that you're not just entering a relationship for filling a void purpose. Once again, going to the root cause, going within and saying, am I just wanting this person to fill a hole within me because I feel lost, lonely, bored, whatever? And if you do, I will not judge you because, you know, and I was about to cry then because I understand, look, I really understand how as a human we're only being human and we might actually want to connect with someone for COVID reasons because that's our way of surviving.
0: Our next guest today is Javier Mercedes. Javier is an audio and video engineer and the creator of the Passion in Progress podcast. He is an Adobe Pro expert and has worked with the likes of Mark Cuban, a Shark Tank and Dallas Mavericks owner, and many others. Let's welcome Javier.
2: Yeah, so the like you said in my intro, I have a past experience in doing an audio engineering full-time nine-to-five job and with that job what I did was record anything from voiceovers for the commercials that you see where it's like get nine percent APR on blah 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 like all the (laughs) different car commercials and things like that and then other days would be recording people doing audiobooks uh and everything in between it was in Atlanta so I got to work with some really cool people like um just to name a few I feel like I'm like name dropping right off the bat like yes, look at me I'm so cool but uh, <laughs> I got to I got to work with the property brothers I recorded um, a former president Jimmy Carter's um audiobook I recorded uh, Dr. J the basketball player's audiobook and nice. um, for those car commercials people like Jason Bateman and other actors and actresses and one of the coolest people I think in terms of voiceover is the pinnacle of voiceover Morgan Freeman I do have a a voice recording of him saying my name um where he was doing the visa commercials for uh the Olympics so that's like the cool part of that job other parts of it were like recording transcripts for the Federal Reserve Bank. And that was like not so much the, the fun part. But hey, man, it pays the bills.
0: You and I, before we started rolling, we're talking about Mark Cuban. Yeah. And you having kind of the ability to basically see uh, on kind of a first, uh, I guess you get to see them live, right? How they perform yeah. and how they do it a video, how they share their ideas. You were talking about ideation mm-hmm. a little bit. So talk a little bit about what are some of the things that you notice in some of these these guys that oh obviously- gosh, I love have this been, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's dig into uh, it because yeah. what are some of the things that really made you, even when you're rolling, you go, wow, that guy just did that. And, and you suddenly notice when you're editing that they did all of these nuanced things that really sets yeah. them apart from their peers and colleagues and everybody else who's doing the same thing as they're doing because that's- what we're wanting to know right is how do we differentiate ourselves in via video versus people who are doing the same things that we're doing
2: and especially people like Morgan Freeman, when he came in, he was being uh, he was doing the visa ads for the Olympics and um, maybe people may will remember this but there's a part of the visa ads that say like what's the best part of paying your taxes and then something something and it just has to do with like you get money back or whatever with visa um hashtag visa sponsor me (laughs) 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 Uh, but anyhow um the thing is with morgan freeman he comes in and he does a couple readings of it and what in these situations, you're recording that person in the studio and you're going to eventually send that audio to another uh, studio in, I don't know, New York or LA, some advertising agency that's putting together all of these different campaigns. That's their main headquarters. My primary job is just to record the audio professionally so they get good product from whoever the talent is. And in the case of Morgan Freeman, he comes in and he just reads what he needs to read. And he may do it like once or twice. And then most of the time, if it's any other voice talent, the producers will come in and they'll be like, hey, can we get this, I don't know, more joyful? Or can you add a little twang to this? And I think there's this, uh, conversation between the voice talent and the producer where they have to d- tote this fine line where the producer has to give critiques and they have to coach, but they can't, there's this um, opinion as to line reading. And what I mean by that is if something isn't being said the way that the producer wants it to be said, <clears throat> what the producer will do is try and coach them into saying it a certain way. Where this could lead though, is a whole like thirty minutes of getting a whole bunch of takes that just don 't sound good and <laughs> and the reason why so many um, the reason why a voice actor will get paid so much money just to do voiceover is because a producer will give them one um, coaching tip or will give them feedback on one thing, and that voice actor um, the voice actor will then take that information from the producer and twist it in their own way in a good way and like interpret it however they want to and then give a new read the ones that get paid like seventy thousand dollars per read or a hundred k for whatever read are the ones that don't waste producers and agencies time Mm -hmm. they get in the studio they get uh They do a read and then the producer may be like, can we get it this way? The voice actor comes back, says the thing, and they're like, great, move on. With Morgan Freeman, it was like, can we get it this way? Boom. He says it and it's like, it's Morgan Freeman and he's Morgan Freeman for a reason. (laughs) Um, The other uh, kind of spectrum of that is with Mark Cuban, um, we were talking before we hopped on. When I uh, was recording the Chive podcast, Mark Cuban was the third podcast that we did uh, for that show. And we were able to go to the Mavericks, uh, the Dallas Mavericks stadium. For those that don't know, Mark Cuban owns the Dallas Mavericks. Um, We were able to go courtside into his office there, which is really just like a man cave and um, do the podcast right next to Dallas Mavericks, like, court. <laughs> um, what was really cool is the whole time, the security guard escorting us, like, just the janitor, everyone, had the utmost regard for Mark Cuban. There's so much that you could see online for, like, man, this guy just seems like a cool guy. But ever, from just the brief interaction that I had with him, it's, uh, it could be all true and, and then some. Uh, I The big thing that I would say for his... Uh, time that I spent with him was that when I was recording, I was just the audio engineer. So I'm in kind of in the corner recording while they're doing the podcast, but Mark Cuban spent the same amount of time doing eye contact with everybody in the room. Everybody in the room was important to him. And even though he's talking to the two hosts, it's as if I'm in the conversation. So if you could imagine like a host, ask a question and then it, like it's almost as if in his mind he's like, oh well, what do you think about that, Javier? And then after the actual podcast is done, they'll be talking and just like, hey, that was a great podcast and everything and like all that. But he'll still ask the opinion of the others in the room, which was just my myself. But I thought that was really cool that he spends the same amount of time um, interacting with each person in the room.
0: Our next guest is Aneem Awe. Aneem is the founder of Awe Supports LLC, and she specializes in helping people of color to overcome physical and mental health barriers and get out of depression and anxiety. She encourages people to have difficult yet important conversations. Let's welcome Aneem.
3: Thank you for having me, first off. My name is Aneem Awe, and um, so my work really focuses on women of color and Because we lead the way in most chronic conditions, um, my practice really focuses on helping my clients understand the relationship between our physical health and mental health because often. The two are separated, which I don't necessarily agree with in Western medicine. So I really emphasize on understanding the relationship of both and how we can care for both. I'm also a clinical public health educator, so um, I I fuse the two in my practice and hope to provide a more holistic approach for my clients. Primary concerns that I'm hearing about tend to be... Um, Around anxiety and just the anxiety of the the constant fear and worries of the unknown, like, am I gonna lose my job or how long is this COVID thing gonna last? Like, what are they gonna be the after? you know the aftermath what you know how bad is the economy going to be impacted am i going to lose my home so it's like constant worry and fear and i think i'm seeing a lot of people who are also experiencing disrupted sleep as a result which we know anxiety can do um a lot of people are reporting insomnia and you know uh, or night terrors I'm, i'm starting to um realize what a lot of people and the other thing is that um the, uh, this is a level of trauma for a lot of us because a lot of us have never experienced anything like this. So for all of us, this is an adjustment period. Nobody is really truly an expert in this area because this is all really new. We're all learning every day. Even the experts, right? They're they're constantly tracking data so that they could better understand and explain for this. But we're all still learning, and I think that fear of the unknown because there is no real answer, there is no real cure, there are real there really is no anything we can run out and get and, you know, protect ourselves. So I think a lot of people are experiencing a lot of fear and anxiety. And I think that is presenting itself in um, a lot of people are somaticizing some of their concerns. So basically a lot of those uh, fears and, uh, excuse me, anxieties then turn into physical symptoms like tightness in their chest or, you know, a- increased heart rate or, um, you know, and l- So things like that, or stomach troubles, or things like that nature. So I'm seeing a lot of that actually being um, discussed amongst um, not only just my clients, but even colleagues, even friends. Um, So it's a lot of mixed stuff, but it it tends to be centered around anxiety um, a lot more than anything is what I'm noticing so far.
0: Yeah, and I like how you are saying that what's interesting is that it's not really, I think it's kind of interesting when people think that it's stress versus anxiety, right? Like I think there's mm-hmm. there's a difference between stress and anxiety and I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm not in the mental health space, which is why I'm so excited to talk with you today yeah. is that what's interesting is that anxiety is almost that like, you know, it's just like a, a notch beyond what's normal and a notch below you know, kind of, it's not so much panic, right? So it's kind of that in-between yeah. feeling that's really unsettling, I think, for a lot of people. And Absolutely. to your point on the insomnia, and it, it is something that is very fascinating because I think a lot of people who are adjusting to a new normal and maybe they're staying at home more, right? Maybe are being a lot less active in certain ways, but more reactive online or whatever it is, right? So there's so many adjustments here. And so what are some of the things that maybe you can share with the audience as far as the action steps that they can kind of use and, and maybe do to mitigate the these anxieties uh, kind of amplified to a level that is not only not healthy for you but also disruptive and just have long term effects. Like, what are some things yeah. that people can do at home as they are kind of riding this wave out? What are some of those things? Yeah. I mean?
3: Yeah. Uh, so um, that's a, an incredibly great point you bring up. Um, I think one of, if you know, if I can think of one thing that I would encourage everyone to do is to try to keep your body moving we are living beings human beings animals we are meant to move around not stay stationary necessarily and i think covid has forced us even with the stay-at-home orders right it's forced us to stay in these close close quarters for for a lot of us so if there's any way that you can um you know, incorporate any sort of physical movement. Um, If you can go for a walk, if you feel safe enough, you get your mask, you get all protected, and you have your PPE, right? You, you know, is it impossible that you can go for a walk? One of the things that I do when I'm working and stuck in the office all day, um, as an essential worker, I still have to report to the office. I make it a point where every day during my lunch, I go for a walk. I shut my phone off. Um, That's the other piece. A lot of us are taking in a lot of media, a lot of news, a lot of to credible you know sources and news um facebook stuff and facebook posts and a lot and whether you realize that or not that stuff you're all consuming is going to impact how you feel and if you can limit that in any way maybe maybe you don't watch the 10 o'clock two o'clock and nine o'clock news maybe you limit it to just the 10 p.m at night news right so being mindful of all this stuff you're consuming as well can really help shift how you're feeling and um With everything going on. And then the other thing is, I would say, you know, make uh, certain things a priority for you. You know, if you're at home with your family and you guys all on Zoom on day, make it a priority to make sure that you guys still have family dinners tonight uh, at night, excuse me, or, you know, Reaching out to the, your loved ones if you are alone, you know, making sure that you make time for those FaceTime dates or the Zoom dates or whatever have you, but making sure that you can establish some sort of connection with the outside world, the people that you love and the people that you miss. Like we want to make sure that we nurture as much as we possibly can those relationships that matter to us or just reaching out to people so you don't feel isolated or alone, you know, in this case.
0: Megan refuses is our next guest, and Megan is the owner of the Shift Collab in Toronto, Canada, and she is passionate about linking people who are looking to get unstuck with professionals who can help train a therapist and workshop that can get you the results you're looking for. Let's welcome Megan. So let's, let's chat a little bit about how millennial entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who are nine to five even, how they're coping with you know, 2020 being kind of this year that it has changed a lot of people's lives, right? What are some things and maybe issues and challenges that you've seen in a lot of people that you work with that kind of come to the surface? Is it relationship? Is it identity? Right? Is it just financial, you know, imbalance? What are some things that it brought it was brought to the surface because of what's happened this year?
4: We recognize that when there is a big life stressor. Typically, that compounds every other stressor that somebody is living with. And so if you were feeling financially insecure prior to the pandemic, you are likely feeling that on a scale of 100 times. If you were feeling anxious, if your relationship was on the rocks, if you were questioning your parenting abilities, if your business was already stressful, all of that is compounded. Now let's add the grief that comes with a pandemic. So we're grieving what was, we're grieving what could have been. Uh, The stress of having life changes, uh, having milestones canceled, my own wedding this summer is canceled, right? We are grieving what could have been. And so every feeling that we're feeling is compounded, but also to normalize everything that we're experiencing, we've never experienced before. And so there's a lot of new and unknown and typically highly driven people like to have certainty. We're okay with risk, and oftentimes we, we enjoy risk, but we love feeling in control. So I get to decide how, how calculated I am and how I take the risk. Currently, there's a major loss of control because we can't control the virus. We can't control you know, the decisions being made for us, um, and there's a lot of unknowns. And so what I'm seeing in our clients, in my own team, because a lot of therapists are self-employed too, I'm seeing a lot of anxiety. I'm seeing people, you know, kind of being unsure about who to reach out to for support. And I feel it as an entrepreneur as well. I'm watching a lot of my colleagues have businesses that are struggling or tanking. Um, You know, they're worried about keeping the lights on. And I'm watching other colleagues, their businesses are thriving right now or they're being promoted in their full time jobs. And there's this big sense of shame. It's almost like survivor's guilt for those who are thriving right now. And then this extra guilt of, well, I don't want to bring people down for those who are struggling. And that tells me that we just need to connect more that, you know, in times when some of us have resources, whether it's emotional space, whether it's time we can give to people that we care about now is the time to do that. And so it's not about, you know, necessarily handing each other money. Obviously, but it's about recognizing that even if you're in a place where you're struggling, or if you're in a place where you're succeeding, let's level set and connect with each other because we are all in a time that feels different. We are—it's the first time ever that all of us are experiencing something that has heightened and compounded our stress. And so, for those of us who really identify with our work life, whether you've been laid off or furloughed, or you know, having changes, even going to Zoom all day, right? We are experiencing grief because we're noticing that these changes are, are impacting our day-to-day life. And so normalizing that grief and stress can go a long way in helping to maintain our mental wellness
0: right and i actually like that you're highlighting how to normalize it by more human connection and just kind of being in tune with the reality versus what seems right because yeah. i think the to your point when people are feeling guilty about maybe selling or getting more clients or you know like putting their products and services out there maybe because they feel like they should be a little bit more humble or whatever it is which is also not wrong but then also if you are struggling right how do you find the right amount of support right and so you 're talking about um, i think what 's interesting about millennials particularly is that I, you know they get a lot of bad rep and i 'm a millennial you know they get a, a lot of bad rep for being kind of you know, wanting certain things that they don 't deserve or whatever it is. but mm-hmm. what is your perspective on how to move forward like what do what do you think people should do? you know, even if they're still having to do things virtually, and maybe they're still harboring some of that fear and guilt, like what are some action steps that they can do to continue to get ahead and move forward?
4: Yeah. And I think that's what we can focus on, right? So when I said we are afraid of being not in control, what we can do now is focus on what we can control, or at least give ourselves the perception that we are in control. So we might actually not be in control of the success of our business, but we are in control of what we do to maintain it while while it's operating now. We are in control of how we spend our days, who we spend our time with, how we engage with others. And so what I suggest is for those who are struggling, you know, number one is routine. I'll say it a hundred times, routine, 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 that does not mean that you actually want to do the things that are in your calendar. And so do I want to get out of bed and go for a walk? No, not at all. I would rather stay in bed and watch Amazon Prime. But that being said, if I force the behavior, typically my mood follows. So I know that if I go for a run within 10 minutes, my mood catches up to where I want it to be. And so that's what I want to encourage is if you're feeling like you're lacking motivation, which fear and grief will will give you, it'll rob you of your motivation. What you need to do is say, okay, I might not have motivation to start this, but I'm just going to force the behavior. And I call it force the behavior because really that's what it feels like. Like I'm not going to kid anyone to just say like, oh, it's it's easy. It's not. But the more that we do it, the more it reinforces the positive. So the more that I actually get up and go for a run, I see the benefits, I feel good, the more I'm likely to go for a run. The other thing that's important is to start challenging unhelpful thoughts. So there's a lot of shoulds. I shouldn't do this. I should do that. Um, We call it shoulding on yourself or masturbating. It's like I should and (laughs) must do this. Take those away. There is no right path or script for the current experience because none of us have been through it before. So take away the shame and the guilt and allow yourself to just say, you know what, I'm doing the best that I can and I'm focusing on what I can control, which is routine. I'm allowing myself to make mistakes. And finally, the best quote, it's a book by a woman named Susan Jeffers and it's feel the fear and do it anyway. You are going to feel afraid moving forward right now. We are all afraid because we, there's so much uncertainty. You will feel afraid, but allow yourself to move forward because feeling stuck feels a whole lot worse than trying something, pivoting, because we're going to make mistakes. We all do. We're going to pivot, and then we're going to try something else. But having that forward movement as humans gives us momentum. It helps us to feel like we're on a path, and it gives us a sense of control.
0: to hit follow and subscribe. Let's get to it.